mind immediately went to that song that used to play on the radio when I was a little boy. I'm not going to sing it. Some of y'all already sing it in your head. It's been going in your head, so I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to make it stick. But Proverbs 4 and 23 says something about the heart that we need to note. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This happens to be one of Pastor Leslie's favorite scriptures. She quotes it all the time. Keep your heart. Guard it. Protect it. Watch over it. Don't allow just anything to have access to it. Be careful who you give your heart. Be careful who you share your heart with. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. The New Living Translation says it just a little bit differently. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That's a little more clear, isn't it? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of of your life as your heart goes so your life goes that's how critical this is as your heart goes so your life goes what's in your heart what is broken your heart is there any hardness in your heart can we have a conversation Robert Jameson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown said this. I want you to listen. It's not going to be on the screen, so you have to really listen. They said this. Thus, as in all cases about to be described, the sower is the same and the seed is the same, while the result is entirely different. The whole difference must lie in the soils which means the different states of a human heart. And so the great general lesson held forth in this parable of the sower hmm, is that however faithful the preacher and how pure soever his message, the effect of preaching of the word of God depends upon the state of the hearer's heart. So no matter who the preacher is, no matter how good the word is, all impact rests upon the condition of the heart of the hearer. If your heart's not right, the word is unable to penetrate it. And to bring about the effect that God desires. So, we now can stop blaming preachers. And saying, he's not preaching good enough for me. Because the preacher doesn't matter. And the word itself is pure. That even if read, if only read, not preach, if only read should make a difference in the life of the hearer. 
So what's going on with our hearts? Jamison Fawcett and Brown alluded to the parable of the sower. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the parable of the sower. We're going to talk about the sower going out and sowing seed. And the types of soil, ground, that the word of God, the seed, fell upon. And the varying results. And as I studied it, I, I started thinking about what they said, and I, I started thinking about the four things that you're going to see in the text. You're going to see sower, seed, soil, and results. You're going to see sowers, seed, soil, and results. The sowers are consistent. The sowers are consistent, in, in, and we're going to look at we're going to look at Matthew, we're going to look at at Mark, and we're going to look at Luke. All three. Uh, tell the parables, uh, Jesus telling the parable of the sowers. We're going to look at all three of those. But in all three of those, the sower, the sower is, 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 is consistent, which means each sower is sowing seed. Now the seed, the seed, the seed is also consistent. Because in, in, in each scripture we read, we're going to see that the seeds are going to be released from the hands of the sower. And, and I want to say this, the problem is not with the seed. Because you're going to find that the seed does what seeds do. Reproduce. A seed can't help itself. Inside the seed is the thing you want. If you want, if you want an apple, you have to plant an apple seed because the apple is in the seed. Although, somehow, the seed ends up in the apple. If you're waiting on me to explain that, I don't have anything for you. <laughs> Somebody say, that's just God right there. That's just God. Because the seed comes out of the apple, and when you split the apple open, there's more seed in the apple so that it reproduces after its own kind. So God's word is like seed. And when his, when his word is sown into the soil, the hearts of believers, its intention and its design is to reproduce after its own kind, which means whatever is spoken, it is so potent in that very small thing that it will bring forth whatever it is God says. So is my word that goeth forth. It will not return unto me void, but it will produce that thing. It will work in that thing whereunto I sent it. So God says, when my word goes forth, it's so full of power that when it rests in the right type of heart, it will produce whatever I spoke. The third thing you see is soil. Everybody say soil. Soils represent hearts. Now the hearts, they vary. They responded differently to the seed based on soil condition. You're going to see that. You're going to see four kinds of hearts. Are you ready? You're going to see hard hearts. You're going to see superficial hearts. You're going to see crowded hearts. And you're going to see tender, protected hearts. Now, a hard heart, a hard heart is just that hard. Difficult to penetrate. Scarred. Can't receive. Then you have that superficial heart. It's, it's, it's shallow. Boy, it's quiet in here. It exists only on the surface. Listen to this. This definition got me. It is apparent rather than actual. It looks like something is not. 
It is only what you see. It is not what actually exists. So that hard heart is resistant. You, you can't penetrate it. And then there's that superficial heart, which looks like something it actually isn't. It is apparent. It appears. It has an appearance. But it is not actual. It dresses right. Says the right stuff. And with li limited amounts of consistency can do the right stuff. But it's not right. Then there's the crowded heart. Got way too much stuff in there. So you have to try to cram the word in there. In fact, right now the crowded heart is thinking about something else. Why are we sitting in here? Oh, I hope your heart's not crowded today. And then there's that tender, protected heart. That heart that the word can easily penetrate in. And when you hear the word of God, a, a word of correction, you, you, you sense the correcting hand of God and, 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 and that, 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 that spirit of, 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 of I need to repent and I need to get right and I need to change. It's not hard to convince that tender, protected heart that I, I've got to change the way I'm doing things so that it can line up with the word of God. And the tender, protected heart, listen to this, is not trying to guard its wrong position. You can tell when a heart is hard because that hard heart is trying to guard or protect its wrong position. I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but. I know what the word says, but. But you don't understand. doesn't want to be penetrated by the truth of the word of God. And how many of y'all know sometimes the truth of the word of God hurts? Ah, every sermon's not going to make you shout for joy at first. Some of them going to make you shout because it sure enough hurt to hear the truth about me. No, not me. You're me. Have you ever heard a word that made you go, oh, that's me right there. You couldn't think about anybody else that needed to hear that except yourself. Now, see, all of these swords can exist in the same person. So we're not talking about different people. All of these different swords, can, it can be different people, but it can exist in the same person. Watch this, at different seasons and at different stages. Because there'll be a certain season in your life where your heart is tender and penetrable to the word of God. And then something can happen. Talk to me, church. And your heart go from tender to hard or from tender to crowded. Anybody here ever had things going your way and then stuff started going wrong? And all you could think about, crowded. Let there be some financial issues. That thing go from tender and protected to crowded in a minute. 
depending on season, even stages, even even stages. You somebody can be uh, saved and and filled with the Holy Ghost and still be bound by something. Cause see, the Word is supposed to set us free, and we're supposed to be living the abundant life. I come, I come, I come. Jesus said that you might have life and have it how more abundantly. So it's supposed to get us into the abundant life. So anywhere we're lacking means that that seed hadn't penetrated our heart and it hadn't brought forth the harvest that God sent it for to 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 bring. And nothing's wrong with the seed, and nothing wrong with the sower. Something wrong with the heart. So we need so so the church. Not y'all, but people in churches need to stop hopping around from field to field. Oh, help your pastor preach. They need to stop going around looking for different sowers. Because the case might be there's nothing wrong with the sower, there's nothing wrong with the seed, but there's something wrong with your... And if you've been to ten fields, and something wrong with every sower and every seed... At some point, you're going to have to say, hold up, wait a minute. Somebody told me, I don't like that church. You talk about sin too much. Well, see, that's what you're hearing. And the reason you're hearing that is that's what you need. I've learned, I can listen to a sermon about joy, and it could be one word of rebuke in there. And if I'm wrong, I hear that. God, it seems like God amplifies that thing. I mean, it could be a great sermon, and, there, and the pastor will stop parenthetically and just one word of rebuke. And if I need to be rebuked, I hear it. I heard all the good stuff, but boy, I heard that. And these people get mad. He make me sick. He throwing slams. Y'all ain't heard that in a while. He throwing slams, and he talking about me, and sure he is. Sure, God's talking about you because he's trying to get your dad blame attention. Yes, he's going to talk. God ain't scared of you. Preacher don't know nothing about you. He don't know what you did. He don't know. He doesn't know that that's an area in your life. But I tell you who does. There are pastors that are afraid to preach on certain subjects because they know certain things exist within their congregation. I say you don't love the people. You don't love them enough to be confrontational a little bit. Don't you dare know that something's happening in the household of faith and be scared to address it. Because that person may not be the only person who's struggling with that area. Woo! Let the church say. I got to get into my text. Today's topic is analyzing my heart. Analyzing my heart. No, y'all not analyzing my heart. I'm going to analyze my own. And somebody tap your neighbor and say, today I analyze my heart. Be and the reason, I, the, the reason the Holy Spirit, I believe, led me to my is because we are good at analyzing other folks' hearts. We can have our Ph.D. in other folks' heart analyzing. Amen. Amen. We can start our own firm, Christian and Christian Heart Analyzation Services. We can, we can analyze your heart on the spot. That's our tagline. We can analyze your heart on the spot. But meanwhile, 
Meanwhile, we hadn't looked at our heart in ages. And this seed thing started making me look at Paul. Not my dad. Paul Jr. It made me start doing some tests to see where I am. Where I stand, mother. Because that's what everybody has to do. Everybody needs to see where they stand in this faith thing, right? So Jeremiah 17, 9, thank you, Elder Johnson, says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our hearts will fool us. Why, yes, they will. So people say, so follow your heart. Don't you dare. You better follow the spirit. For the hearts are deceitful. They, they trick us. They, they fool us. The scripture says that even if your heart condemn you, God is bigger than your heart. So your heart will make you think you're going to hell when God has spoken heaven over your life. Your heart will tell you, I ain't really saved, else all this wouldn't be happening in my life if I was really living right. Hush! You saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But the heart is schizophrenic. That job moving too much. Up one day, down the other. Feel good one day, bad the other, or in the same day got to be careful. Same hour? Lord have mercy. <laughs> Same hour. Did that come from a young person? Did a, did a millennial say that? Matthew 13. We're going to look at Matthew. We're going to look at Mark and we're going to look at Luke. All right. You ready? The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. You got that? And he spake many things unto them in parables. What did he speak in? Parables. He spoke uh, an earthly story with a what? Heavenly meaning. We went to Sunday school. We learned that. All right. Saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. Who to sow? A sower. And when he sowed some seeds, what did he sow? It fell where? By the wayside. And the fowls came and did what? Devoured it up. Okay. So that's the first, that's the first type of, of soil we're dealing with. There's a wayside soil. There's a wayside soil. This soil is hard, and the reason it's hard is because people have been walking on it. So it's not so when you walk on something long enough, it'll get packed down, and it gets hard, and it's difficult to penetrate. Are you with me? Okay, now verse 5. Some fell upon what? Stony places, okay, where they had not what? Much earth. So they didn't have a lot of earth. They didn't have depth. And forthwith they sprung up, but something did grow because they had no deepness of earth. Now the reason that they grew so fast is because they had no depth. They had no deepness of earth. That's the reason they grew so fast. Now, watch fast growth. Okay, verse 6. <laughs> and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, what happened? They withered away. So we see a problem with quick growth. The problem with quick growth is there's no root system because it's shallow. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns is the third one. The thorns sprung, sprung up and did what? Choked them. Uh, yeah, Lord have mercy. But other fell into what? Good ground. This is the good heart. This is that heart that's tender and it's protected uh, and brought forth fruit. Some a hundred, some sixtyfold, and some 
34. Who has ears to hear? I love the way Jesus said that. Do what? Let him hear. So he, he understood that this message wasn't going to reach everybody. And so he says, but you guys who have those ears to hear, he said, let them hear. Okay, so let's go back. All right, so he's sowing, right? He's sowing the seed, and, and the seed fall by the wayside. So, so what happens is when Pastor Leslie, God gave me this, this, this revelation some time ago, that there are those who sit under the word, and there's those that sit by the word. And, and when our hearts are hard, when we're that wayside hearer, normally we sit by the word. We don't sit under it so that the word can fall on us and penetrate our hearts. We're sitting by it, and we say things like, I know that already. Or I heard that, right, why don't he preach something new? And those kinds of things, because we're, and we're judging the word. We're judging the veracity of the word and how good the word was. Instead of allowing the word to make a difference in our lives, and I told my wife, as a preacher of the word, I have to be careful not to hear a sermon in somebody else's message. I have to work real hard to not be a preacher when I'm listening to the word of God. Because as a preacher, I'll be sitting there, instead of taking notes for life, I'll be taking notes to preach. That was free. Or I'm looking for the punchline. I'm looking for something to get me moving, something that I can call somebody and to tell them I heard, but I have no intention to live by. So I, so, so I sit by the word instead of under the word. So this is the wayside. And what happens with the wayside person is that the word is so hard from all that walking back and forth or going back and forth. That it, the, the seed of the word just rests on the top of the heart. And then this, this, the fowls of the air, we're going to get into that in a little bit, come by and devour them and eat them up. Then the stony places uh, where they had not much earth, uh, and they sprung up quick because they had no depth of earth. Now, the problem with this is that it's not talking about a place where you can see rocks, but the rocks are covered by a thin layer of dirt. So you can't see the heart. You can't see what's in it because it's covered. See, we would think stony places, immediately we're thinking, why would the sower throw seed intentionally where he sees a bunch of rocks? He's not. There's a thin layer of dirt covering the rocks so that you can't see it. So when he sows in that, in that, in that soil, the seed, because it thinks it's got ground. See, seed don't know what else to do except die in the ground. Unless a seed die, it abide alone. But if it dies, it can bring forth fruit. So when the seed goes into that shallow, that shallow soil, it's thinking it's got good ground to dig down into. And what happens is it digs down and it digs down, but there's no ground there beneath that layer of soil. So it springs up quick. But then it withers away because when there's no good rain to keep it moist, it dries up. Then some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, okay? So that's, that's really clear. The thorns, it just went in among thorns, and the storm, thorns sprung up and choked them, and other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some 100-fold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold, and the person who has ears let him hear. Now, Mark chapter 4, it's going to be on the screen. He says it again, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. Okay, there we go, much earth, and immediately it sprang up. So there's a new word there, isn't there? Immediately it sprang up, 
uh, because it had no depth of earth. So it's telling us why it came up so quick, because there was no depth of earth. There was a shallowness there, okay? But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root. Now, there's better explanation here, isn't it? It withered away, and some fell among thorns. Watch this. And the thorns grew up and did what? Choked it, and it what? Yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And he said unto them, he that hath ears, do what? Let him hear. Now, so we're seeing here that the every in each case, the seed is doing his job, isn't it? The seed is trying to reproduce after its own kind. But in each case, there are these types of uh, soil that won't allow the seed to really do its job. So the problem is not with the seed. The problem is with the what? Soil or the heart. Now, let's go to this third one and dig into this for just Luke 8. Luke, Luke, um, I'm going to introduce this to you parenthetically. Luke does not go through all of the different things that Matthew and Mark does. He sort of gives a little bit of a synopsis or a summary of what Jesus said. He approaches it differently, but Luke, I believe, is a physician. Isn't Luke a physician? So he's a very detailed guy. Um, generally, physicians tend to be detailed. If you have a doctor who's not detailed, you may need a new doctor. Amen. <laughs> so he said he tends to be very detailed. And he tends to point out things that the others may not point out, although he's only being uh, he's only summarizing what Jesus says. Verse five here, he begins in eight five. He says a soul went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it. OK, so we've got that trodden down. So there were people who were just walking on it because of the, you know, what I'm saying and it, it got hard. And so it fell on the surface of the soil. And of course, the Files of the air came and ate it. Okay, some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it and, it and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Thank you, Luke. You're good. And some fell, verse 7. Now we need to stop here. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Now we need to stop here because what happens here is we get a little more insight, don't we? Luke said that as the seed was producing a plant that would produce fruit. The thorns sprung up with the plant. I know how to wave. Ooh-wee. So it's not, y'all, that the thorns were there necessarily visibly as your plant started producing from the seed that you received I ain't talking about nobody just talking about what I'm talking about my friend Frederick Fever used to say that rest in peace <laughs> as your plant that would soon produce fruit began to come up thorns came up with it Ain't it something how stuff comes up? <laughs> Anybody ever had something come up? Ooh, something you weren't looking for? And sometimes stuff come up after church? Or after prayer? Or after worship? Talk to me somebody. Don't things have a way of coming up? Oh, help us, Jesus. <laughs> they come up, and so and what happens is that thing that comes up is now in competition with your harvest. 
Somebody shout, I want a harvest. I, for one, don't want to come to church, hear all that word, and not get a harvest. Somebody shout, I want a harvest. I don't know if you can say it right sitting down, so I need you to stand up, and I need you to shout to the top of your lungs, I want a harvest. Thank y'all. Y'all can have your seat. Say it like you mean that thing. One more time for the March of Dime. That's what we used to say when I was little. Say it, I want a harvest. This, the, these things, these thorns, they come up and they compete with your harvest for the moisture and the richness of the soil. This stuff is pulling out all of your water. And you need water to live. Oh, God. Your harvest will not grow without water. And the water of the Spirit is coming to bring forth the manifestation of the harvest. But the thorns in life are competing with the harvest. So I don't see a picture just of the thorns literally choking the harvest, but I see the thorns standing next to the harvest, sucking up all your moisture. Because our minds are on the thorns more than the seed of the word that is supposed to reproduce. So the devil causes things to spring up in your life after you got a word so that that word can't produce. <sighs> Further down, it says that the, the, the soul of the husband man sowed good seed. And then it said, but during the night, the tares grew up and he didn't know where they came from because they grew in competition to try to kill your harvest. That's why you have to weed your garden. If you're not weeding your garden, you are setting yourself up for a season without harvest. There's some stuff you just got to get rid of. Things we're thinking about, things we're meditating on, things we're worried about. We got to push that stuff to the side and focus on the seed of the word. Because here's the thing, the thing that's bothering you, you already got a word on it. The thing that's keeping you from sleeping at night, you already got a word on it. The issue is, is that you're looking at it instead of focusing on that word. And you got to meditate on that word day and night. Not on the things that spring up. The word is more important than money. The word is more important. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout the word. I can't spend all day there. Although I can, though. So it sprang up with it. So as the harvest was coming up, here come the thorns. See that? Them doggone thorns. Everybody's got some thorns. 
Can I help somebody this Sunday? I got thorns. Mm-hmm. I'm the pastor of the Real Life Christian Fellowship Church. And in 2017, October, I will have been pastoring for 20 years. I've been in ministry. I've been in ministry for 23 years. And I've been saved since I was 22. And I still have thorns. Paul said he had one in his flesh. A messenger of Satan sent to buffet him, sent to mess with him, sent to aggravate him. The thorn does not come from God. Oh, the thorn is sent by the enemy. And in, that's what the man said when he went out there and he looked and he saw the tares growing with his wheat. He stood there and, and with all of the Holy Ghost in him, he said, an enemy has done this. An enemy sold this in my field. Trying to mess up my harvest. You got to know who's coming after you. His name is Satan. Lucifer. The devil. That's the one who's after your harvest. The reason I said that I still have thorns growing up is because somebody might have came to church today saying, I'm the only one. Seem like everybody else. Uh, uh, some of us either have learned how to pay more attention to our seed than our stuff, or some of us have learned to fake real good. Boy, I tell you, this word here. Now we're going to drop down to verse 18. Go back to Matthew. We're going back to Matthew. You ready? Now, now we go to the explanation because the disciples were like, well, Jesus, I mean, what in the world? <laughs> what are you talking about? And so Jesus, he explains the parable, parable for more clarity. And he says something about I speak in parables so that those, there are certain people that aren't supposed to hear and those who are supposed to hear and understand it, they'll get it. So let's look at verse 18 of Matthew 13. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Okay, now you're about to hear the explanation Jesus is saying. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. I told you it was the devil. <laughs> this is he which received seed by what? The wayside. So the word fell on the surface and didn't really get in there and it wasn't able to produce. So, so the, the, the wicked one, the devil, came. And he is... Uh, shown in the scripture by these birds okay so it says they understand not which means that some un don't understand and some don't get it now I know that sounds like the same thing but it's not there are some people who actually literally don't understand but then some people don't get it like the scripture that says uh, I like there's a scripture about give and it shall be given unto you 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 understand you just don't get it You believe it's true, but something which you can't get with it. I remember the first time that I, I was told I had to forgive somebody who had wronged me. Lord, I tell my story too much, don't I? I said, well, hold up. Why I got the... They need to make it right with me. I ain't... For Where's the rest of the church at, y'all? Oh, I understood. <laughs> but I wasn't understanding. 
So that word was unable to penetrate. Come on. So when the devil saw that, he swooped in and stole my word. Not because he's quicker than God, it's because I ain't want it. Because truth be told, there's some words. Help me preach, Valerie Johnson. There's some word we don't want. Pastor, you're going to have to preach something else. I ain't even receiving that. I don't want nothing to do with that. Preach another subject. I'll be back next Sunday. You do better. You get it right next Sunday. You off today. You off today. Pat, I can't even shake your hand and say good word because that was not, you were off. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I love this church. I, I declare I love y'all. You hear me? I love y'all. And no, and not a soul got up and left yet. I love y'all, boy. I love y'all. <laughs> Where am I? Wayside. Verse 20. But he that received the seed, somebody say receive. Now, see, the first person, you know, received it by the wayside. So they received it, but they didn't keep it. The second one, he received the seed into stony places. The same is he that heareth the word of God anon and with joy and with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth, that that's endures, for a while. For when tribulation, uh-oh, or persecution, uh-oh, ariseth, watch it, because of the word. By and by, he is offended. This offense is different. This offense is upset because this person got to go through stuff. <sighs> so the word was there and they were like. <laughs> they even broke down and did the running man on that thing. <laughs> they were sore and they shouted and they screamed and they even ran a lap around the church. But oh, when trouble came, they hung in there for a minute and by and by, that enthusiasm about the word started withering. Oh, that word got tested. I have preached sermons, you too, you too, and I, by Jove, by the time I get home, tested on what I preached. Oh, I'm going to see if you're going to stand. Preacher. Well, that devil's something else. Oh, you shouted over it. Okay, now live in it. Come on, live. Let me see what you got. That thing came because of the word. Not it, testing and trial doesn't always come because you did something messed up. Sometimes the enemy want to get you off your stance. And the thing about this, what bothers me about this is the person was so excited about the word, and then when trouble came, persecution came, trial came, after a while, that word won't slap off. And it was because there was no real depth of earth. 
where the root system could go deep. Y'all listening, right? So verse 22, uh, by and by, he's offended. <laughs> he's offended. Verse 22, he also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh what? Unfruitful. So he received the word, it got in there and the plant was coming up, but the cares of this world. Notice how Jesus is clear, the cares of this world, which means this person's mind was not on things above, where the Father is. All they could think about is here, the deceitfulness of riches. If I could just get, if I could just become wealthy, I'd get more money. If I could have more friends, the cares of this world, stuff Stuff that is not even eternal, have no eternal value whatsoever. They come in and they choke the word. What are we, what are we, what are we caring about? What is it that we're so focused on? What is it that we're worried about? What are we anxious about? What takes up more of our time and, our, and, our, and, and rents more space in our mind than God? That stuff has to be evicted. And the Holy Ghost is not going to evict it for us. We have to evict it. We're the ones who have to make the change. Praise the Lord. We're almost finished. But he that receiveth the seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. Oh. Which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. So when I was reading about this thirty, hundred, sixty, thirty, it was talking about the different varying degrees of success of harvest based on the soil, even if it's good. Because even good soil can produce at varying degrees based on how good it is. So if you got a 30, you can get a 60. If you have a 60, you can get a 100. But what are you are willing, you with me? What are you willing to do as it pertains to your soil to get it to that grade? Or what are you willing to allow God to do to allow it to get to that grade? just coming to church is not enough. Some prayers and some, some reading of the Bible is not enough. How real are we willing to be about the condition of our heart? I mean, how brutally honest are we willing to be with ourselves? We can be brutally honest with other people. We say, I, I'm telling you this truth because I love you. You ought to look in the mirror and say that to yourself. I'm telling you this truth because I love you. We're almost done, y'all. Stay with me. 
Mark. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. See that? Satan came. Boom. I'm going to get this. He ain't even let him get home. <laughs> he ain't even let him get to the house. He came and got it in the parking lot. Dog, he's sitting there. He busy. But he doesn't have to be productive. We decide that. Verse 16. And these are they which likewise which are sown in the stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. They give up on that word. How many of y'all have ever given up on the word? Yeah, man. We get it, we receive it, we rejoice about it, and then something come against it, and we give up on it. That's real talk. I've done it when my wife and I were broke as a joke and didn't have enough money to pay attention. And I'd go and somebody would preach about increase, and I would run across the church. I remember one time a pastor put a broom down. I ain't going to call his name. I jumped the broom. He said, jump the broom. I jumped it. I was so excited. He said, jump the broom. I was in the back of the church. I took off running full speed. My wife laughed about this thing to this day. I had to go to work the next day so I couldn't stay because they were shouting all night. They were, they were going to shout till midnight. That's the kind of church we went to. And I ran and I jumped that broom and I ran around the thing and went out the door. Because I had to go to work. Say amen. Faith without works. I had to go to the job. But get this, get this. I jumped the broom, man. And then, you know, I, I, I was so excited. And me and my wife were talking about that word. And then a notice came saying that they were going to repossess our vehicle or something along that line. And I was like, I just jumped the broom. This is not supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, we make that faith confession. And the enemy sitting there listening. Oh, oh, you are. Oh, you will. Oh, you, oh, you, oh you're not going to be depressed no more. Oh, I see. And here he comes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If I'm still doing that, I got to look to my heart. And I got to find out, why does this keep repeating itself? Not, not that the enemy is coming at me, but that I'm responding the way I do. Because the way I feel right now, the way I'm acting right now, the fact that my harvest died is not his fault. What did I do to protect and keep my soil tender? Did I really look at me?
Verse 20. Yes, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth some fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. We got that loop. Just, just, just a little summarization and we're done. Now the parable is this. <laughs> well, thank you, Luke. The seed is the word of God. There you go, Luke. Straight to the point. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Wow. He don't want us to be saved. Now, there's some people, some soils in the service, not particularly this one, could be this one, but in the service, in the worship, who are not saved. And the enemy will come in real quick like pew, and grab it and run with it so that they can't get saved. But there's some who are saved who are not delivered. Because in the word saved is to deliver. So there's some of us who are saved who aren't delivered in some areas. This is true. I know it's true. So, 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 so he comes in, and, and because we don't really get it or understand it, he comes in immediately before that thing can soak into our heart, and he steals it so that we can't get delivered in that area. Because hmm. he wants you to stay bound. Or he wants you to stay subject to that. So verse 13, they on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root. Which for a while believe, and in the time of temptation, they fall away. Clear enough. Verse 14. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. This is the person who looked like they're on their way. And they look like any day now, fruit. Any day. But... The thorns and the cares of life and the other, all the stuff of this world starts getting in the way. And that's the way it is, y'all. The stuff of this world, the, love not the world, neither the things of the world. We, we, but we get, we still, because we live here, we get caught up in this stuff. But we're from somewhere else. And, and even if I visit somewhere, I, I know I live somewhere else. So I don't, I don't try to get on their board. I don't run for politics someplace where I don't live. You understand, I'm not rent, I'm not, wouldn't it be stupid of me to go and visit Hawaii and buy a house down, live there? Go get a P.O. box and have them send mail somewhere I don't live. Connecting and committing myself to that. I can't do that. So even though we're here, we can't get so connected to here that here views our, our, our blurs our, our, our vision of where we're supposed to be and who we are. We're allowing too much stuff that don't matter to rent space in our head and our heart. It don't matter. It has no heaven or hell consequence. None. But we're so focused on it. Am I lying? The cares of this world are cheating us of the abundant life. The ability of Jesus to give it to us is not with, it's not to be questioned. It's his. He can give it to whoever he wants. 
But are we in a position to receive it? He obviously wants you to have it because he sold it to you. He didn't want you to have it. He would have never allowed it to be preached in your hearing. If healing wasn't yours, he wouldn't have never allowed that thing to be preached in your hearing. If peace wasn't for you, then he wouldn't have allowed it to be preached in your hearing. And you hear you say, people say crazy stuff. Like, well, I guess that ain't for me. Stop that. If you heard it, it's yours. What are you willing to do? What kind of hard work are you willing to do to get your soil ready to produce the harvest? Because no farmer is going to just sow seed and step back. The, the literal farmer has to get his hands dirty, has to work hard, has to fight the gnats, has to fight the mosquitoes, has to get dirty and sweaty in order to reap a harvest. And you are going to have to do the same kind of spiritual work to get yours. I'm sorry. I am sorry, but I'm not sorry. No, I am not. I take that back. I am not sorry. This thing takes work. Ergos. Effort. It ain't easy. You see somebody who got deliverance, it ain't easy. Somebody laid hands on them and it got better, but I bet you the devil fought them when they walked out of the church. It ain't easy. You might get it, but you got to maintain it, baby. Somebody say, I refuse to let my harvest die. To sit by and look for God to do for me what I'm supposed to do for myself. He showed me what was in my heart. He showed it to me, and I just wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it. I wouldn't touch it. Then when it started causing me all kinds of hell and headaches, I prayed for him to do something about it. He said, I did. I showed you that was there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to let my harvest die. I refuse to be hard. I, I refuse to be shallow. I, I refuse to let the thorns and the cares of life choke my seed. I got something growing here. Somebody tap your neighbor. Say, I got something growing here. I got, I got something growing over here. I got something growing over here. Now, they told you that, look at them and say, be careful because something's trying to come and choke your stuff. You better watch yourself. Something trying to choke what you got. Oh, my God. They don't bring fruit to perfection. Fruit never matures. They get baby fruit. They get baby fruit, little fruit. It ain't, it ain't ripe. What good unripe fruit going to do you? You can't eat it. You can't sell it. And you can't give it away. Unripened fruit it won't do you no good. You need mature fruit. Somebody say, I will have mature fruit. Yes, I will. I will have mature fruit because I'm sick of this. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I wish I had somebody. Come on, I'm sick and tired of going up on these roller coasters and these ups and downs and these highs and lows. I'm sick and tired of this foolishness. God spoke that word in my hearing. That means that's for me. That's for me. Somebody grab your neighbor and say, this is for me. This here for me. I ain't thinking about nobody else. Got, got nobody else on my mind right now. This is my word. I needed this. Thank you, Jesus. 
for loving me enough to shake me up a little bit. Okay. We got to understand the gravity of this thing. Y'all, can I tell y'all something? We might be playing, but Satan is not. That cat playing for keeps. He is sick. He is dead serious. So we can do this church thing if we want to, but he ain't even about that. He in the robbing people of their destinies. He want as many people to go to hell with him as possible. And if you and if you ain't go to hell, and if you ain't going to hell with him, he wants you to be in hell now. Somebody say it ain't happening. Time to go. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart. See that word honest? It's going to take some honesty to get that good, that good soil. Not necessarily honesty with other people. Honesty with ourselves. And honesty with God. And not trying to present ourselves to ourselves as something that we're not. Or being at a level that we know we're not. Let's quit, let's quit fooling ourselves. If you need some work, just lift your hand. And say this with me, Lord, Lord help me, help me to, be to be obedient enough to do the work. heard the word and they keep it and they bring forth fruit with what patience patience they bring forth fruit with what patience just like there's a season to sow there's a season to maintain the ground and then there's a season to reap that's how spiritual fruit comes to you have to be patient some stuff, Lamar, will happen quickly, though. Some stuff, God will do, boom. But then there are other things. We have to wait, I say, <laughs> upon the Lord. And he will strengthen. Oh, what? Your heart. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, the, it's our reality that if ever God speaks a word in this house, or any house for that matter, and you're there, you're supposed to receive something from that. And if that, if that thing you got excited about has not manifested, start taking a step back and saying, what's going on in there? Something in here is why I can't stop cussing under my breath. Why I've been saved for 20 years and still telling people I got a quick temper. Let me tell you something. The people you get mad at are not your problem. Because somebody else got people too. And they're not acting like that. 
We get tested all the time. That's the nature of living on earth. The question is, has all this word we've been getting, is it producing a harvest? Or is it dying off or getting choked? Or has the bird come got it? Is the sun scorching it? <laughs> What's happening with all these 30, 60 hundreds? You can have that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Thank you for last week's word that set up for this one. Thank you for everything you've been ministering to us about relationship over religion. Father, I pray that we'll all be obedient to you. Because I believe that you spoke to all of us in varying areas. You spoke to all of us very clearly. You were very clear about what you want us to do next and how you wanted us to respond to this word. So my prayer is for obedience. I'm not praying for results. I'm not praying for anything to happen. I'm praying just for simple obedience for us. Because obedience will bring the results. We don't even have to focus on results and manifestation if we could just focus on this one thing, and that's doing what you tell us to do. Help us to abide by your word, that written word, that, that, that rhema, that logos that we read, and that word that you reveal to us in our spirit, and even the word that you reveal by preaching, not just preaching here, but the preaching we hear on television or the radio, or that word of wisdom that's shared to us by one of our brothers and sisters in Christ. The time has way passed us to be hearing a lot of word and then not being harvested. So I thank you, God, that harvest will begin to spring up in this church all over the place. Harvest of healing, harvest of peace, harvest of joy, harvest of deliverance from bondages that have held us. Harvest, harvest. I speak harvest. I decree and I declare harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's someone here who's not saved, you, you have not 